You're listening to the Black Eagles podcast. Everybody, this is episode 246 of the Black Eagles Podcast. That's a lot of episodes. And I am, of course, your host, C940. Keep your buzz coming. That's right. Welcome back, everyone. Of course, we have a, a match to talk about. Besiktas was on the road, sort of, against Istanbul Sport in the Atatürk. Olympiad Stadium, which is, of course, what we're here to talk about, as I tend to do. I'm also going to talk a little bit about news, and in this case, it's mostly injury stuff. Now, I do really quickly want to um, talk about the new guys we brought in right before our last episode. I talked about Talha, Tayyip, Talha, Sanuj already um, because he was the guy who had just come in and it was a rather important transfer right we were all waiting for that Turkish central defender he made his debut against Istanbul Spor it's worth mentioning I, I'm obviously gonna go over the lineups and stuff soon but um, yeah he, he had a pretty solid debut I think most would agree but uh, what I did in the process of kind of overemphasizing that transfer was I still very casually grazed over Nathan Redmond and Typhoon Bingol signing. So I'll do a little bit of that before we talk about Istanbul Sport. But so anyway, for episode 246, let's begin. That's right. Get it going. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, first of all, I guess the, b- before I even talk about the new transfers briefly, uh, I should mention that the, I think the biggest news for us right now is injury-related. And the question is, when is Rashid Ghazal coming back? When is Dele Ali coming back? You know, do we have these guys for some of our important matches upcoming? You know, our next match, for anyone unfamiliar, is in fact a, a derby against Fene, right? Don't panic anyone, but... It's true. That's what's happening next. We're going to be at home. We're hosting the match. 1 p.m. Sunday, October 2nd. Uh, times can change, so, so stay tuned for that. But, um, yeah, what that means is we need to know that Rashid Ghazal and or Dele Ali will be back. Uh, that's where much of our offense comes from, right? Last year, we entirely over-relied on Rashid Ghazal for our offense, for creating everything. Um, and the poor guy didn't even get what he deserved as far as assist numbers and all that. But so yeah, sure enough, uh, we do have some more options this year. Although still, right? He's a vital cog, and uh, against Fener, you want should be at full strength. Same goes for Del Ali, or he's one of the main alternatives we got. 
you know, to sort of uh, minimize the, the pressure on Gazelle to create so much. So for him to go down also is a blow, no doubt, especially for our offense, for our creation, for our buildup. But it is what it is, right? Uh, the good news is both will be back for the Fenair game. Uh, the, this international break couldn't have been better timed, perhaps, but sure enough, they will return uh, for that match. That's key. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'd hope that they, one at least, would return for this Istanbul score match. Neither did. It is what it is. Now, let's talk a little bit about some of the transfers made. First, it was Taifur Bingol, 29-year-old Turk. He's turning 30 in January. So, um, not exactly the most like long-term, cost-effective move, perhaps, but he's a very dynamic player, very um, versatile, right? He can play in a ton of positions. We brought him in as a defensive midfielder last week, and he came in and was very solid. Played as a right back this week off the bench. So, you know, he, he is uh, active, a hard worker. He's got an interesting story. So he starts his career in Ankara with Gensler, Moves over to Hajitepe, back to Gensler, back to Hajitepe in that weird phase where you know, Ankara clubs were just rife with nonsense. Um, so he spends a year in Hajitepe, his first senior year, plays 31 matches, five goals, moves back to Gensler for four more years, and only makes one appearance somehow. <clears throat> but he does get loaned back to Hajitepe, where he played 14 matches in 2013, 32 matches for Bandirmaspor. In 2013-14, 27 matches for Adana Demirspor in 2014-2015. This is back when they're in the lower leagues. And then finally, in 2015-2016, he'd go to Alanyaspor and play 33 matches, scoring 12 goals. And I think that's where he would, you know, enter the radar of many folks. Now, granted, this is already. Um, like six years ago so the problem is that by then he's already 23 so he's not like a youth prospect he's gone through the lower leagues of Turkey um, so he doesn't get the big move he probably deserved at that point after a very solid year for Alanya he does move to Gostepe where he does play solidly for three years 79 appearances 11 goals before finally settling back with Alanya Spor where we all knew of his exploits right before he joined us. He was actually loaned out to Bursa, I didn't know this, in 2020. So, a dalliance with the enemy, so to speak. No, I'm kidding, I don't care about Bursa that much. They, they want that rivalry, but I don't think we should even grant it to be fr frank. I, I don't, uh, they're not big enough, right? What are they, a one league side now? Come on, come on. Um, worth noting that Typhoid Bingo has made five appearances for under 21 Turkish side, the under, uh, three for the under 20 side, two for the under 21 side. So he's legitimately been on the radar as far as a younger talent, uh, and then it kind of faded out, and you know, a late bloomer now. Which brings me to the other transfer we made, which is, you know, and I honestly thought that type would bingo because he can play kind of on the wing, wing back. In the midfield, you know, that, that might have been the last move, but in fact, we brought Nathan Redmond in, which honestly was a shocker to me. I mean, they, there was a lot of build-up to it. There was talk of it happening, but I just didn't really think it would. What's interesting is he's only 28, 
And he's 28 until March. So he's like legit 28. He's not like 28 turning 29 in a minute. Um, and his history is also interesting. So he came up in, a, in Birmingham, Birmingham City's Youth Academy, uh, broke through there in 2010, where he would make 62 appearances over three seasons for Birmingham City before making the move up to Norwich City in 2013. He had seven goals and 62 appearances for Birmingham. He would have 11 goals and 112 appearances for Norwich City. So again, over a three-year span, a big upgrade in terms of output and playing time and all that. And then another, in this case, it was a six-year span. He would go from Norwich City to Southampton in 2016, and he would play there until 2022, until we get him. Uh, with Southampton, 195 appearances, 21 goals. He has featured for every stage of the English national sides, like under you know, seven appearances for the under 16s, 19 appearances for the under 17s, one for the under 18s, eight for the under 19s, four for the under 20s, 38 appearances for the under 21s, and one appearance for the English national team in 2017. So he hasn't made the four required. We could still, he could be a Turk <laughs> if he sticks around. Granted, he'll be like 34 or something by the time he's like eligible, but um, he looks really solid. I'm not gonna lie. But so, yeah, what we have here is a kind of classic English club player. He's been all throughout, you know, the, the league there. The leagues, even, right? Um, you know, supposedly he had highlights in like the League Cups and stuff like that in his youth career. So, you know, he's been on the radar um, of the English national national team for a while. Although it's been a minute since. And it looks like his time in England came to an end. Like that, that was about the, the, the height of his career there, being a very productive player for Southampton. And so he's moved on to greener pastures, uh, to Istanbul to join us. Um, so yeah great addition already he's uh he's come in and brought like the ball gets glued to his foot when it you know arrives to him he has yet to start um but that makes sense you know Nkudu's coming off of a solid season here so it's hard to really uh get him out of the, the lineup to, to to put in redmond and same goes on the opposite flank right although gazal was out i mean jackson muleka is basically our leading goal scorer or, you know, tied for it anyway, uh, tied with Nkudu, four goals apiece. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, again, it's a good problem to have too many good players to choose from, but nonetheless, I, I think we can pretty much assume that we'll see Redmond in the lineup eventually, or, you know, intermittently, you know, in rotation. That would be ideal. But so, that's it. Let's talk about this match. Let's talk about... Um, you know, Istanbul Spore. Let's talk about uh, what what well, a match, a match. Let's just call it that. Certainly, it was a match. <laughs> um, now, head to head, not much history between Istanbul Spore and Besiktas. I have to be honest. I I don't really. You know, my app doesn't have any recorded history between them. I'm sure we have faced off against them. Um, historically speaking, but, you know, it's it's sort of irrelevant as far as, like, having any bearing on today, because it's been so long. With that said, 
Istanbul Sport is hardly like turning heads, to be honest. Although I, you know, they started out the season I thought quite well. Um, an undeserved loss to Trabzon. Although they lost by two goals, it was like late in the match that that second goal was scored. They had a goal taken off unfairly, so it should have been equalized at one point. I mean, they they definitely fought hard for it. Next up would be in Kayseri where they would lose 1-0, then to Konya where they would lose nil to 4. And that was the first moment where it's like, hmm, maybe these guys are really bad because, you know, Konya, granted, has had a, a fantastic season, but not a four-goal scoring spree type of season. They're, they're a 1-0 victory type of team, or 0-1. So to allow four goals from Konya was uh, shocking. And they had, Konya had started roughly, so this was... For Konya, this was a major turning point. Uh, but actually, for Istanbul Sport, it was as well, because they had sort of been scrapping out losses, maybe where they deserved a point or more, until that point. And so that was a wake-up call. They came back, went to Alanya Sport, and won. Nil to one. So that was a very nice victory for them. And then they followed that up, going to Siva. So two tough road matches, Alanya and Siva. And again, they pull a draw against Sivas 1-1. At this point, Sivas has sort of turned their season around. They, they've, they've gotten a decent result in Europe. And so that's a, a good result for Istanbul Sport as well. So unfortunately for Besiktas, they have just turned the tide. It looks like that Konya score was like an existential reawakening for them. And so they have a, a, a win and a draw since. And at home, they were given the Atatürk Olympiad Stadium because... Uh, the assumption, I suppose, was that Besiktas would have too many fans to contain in their little, little Kiwi stadium. You know, whatever it is, what it is. I don't know if I like that decision much because they hardly got a tenth of that stadium filled, which almost defeated the purpose of it, really. But anyway, um, so yeah, pretty decent form for the likes of Istanbul Sport, to be honest. Let's talk about lineups for this match. Now, obviously, for us. Ersin Destanolu back in goal, interestingly. And, you know, no coincidences, contract talks were supposedly very close to being done coming into the match. So I'm not saying it was definitely just like contract stuff that, that had him get benched, but, you know, signs point to it, no doubt. I mean, you could also say, you look at the, the we've allowed on average two Goal, two shots onto on goal per match this season, or we had going into the last one. I don't, I don't think that's changed because I think they actually had two shots on target as well. Um, spoiler alert! But nonetheless, we've allowed quite a few goals, and so what's basically happening is that almost every shot on target is a goal. So, although there's a ton of flukes in there and wacky situations that led to those goals, and just I'm trying not to use the word Shh. it's house. <laughs> I mean, like, I, like, I think I might as well just say it. A ton of house goals. Just like out of nowhere from 40 yards out. Like ba like bangers, wonder goals. Almost every single one has had that kind of complexity or feature to it. So it's annoying. Um, but I guess if you're looking for like a problem, it would start with the keepers. I, I don't, you know, 
it's gonna equal out, right? It's gonna correct itself eventually. You can't just expect to, to have bangers scored against you every week to set, like, we've played so well, so compact, you know, uh, in preventing these opportunities. It's so bizarre that, the, that their efficiency, or every opponent of our efficiency is so high. And I don't know if that's our keepers falling asleep, being lulled into complacency or whatever it is, but anyway, that could have merited a change to Emre Bilgin, perhaps, but I, I, I suspect that it's contract stuff. Anyway, so Arison and Cole on the back line, Roman Seiss and, and, Tayyip Tadha Sanuti. <clears throat> on the wings of our defense, Valentin Lozier and Arthur Masuaku, no surprises there, of course. In the midfield, Joseph de Souza back with Jedson Fernandes and Sally Uchan kind of up ahead of him slightly. And then, of course, Georges Cavan and Kudu and Jackson Muleka on our wings with Vout Veghorst in the middle. Uh, in go uh, on the sideline, by the way, Adam Murray, our assistant coach, uh, because uh, Valerien Ismail, of course, was red card in the previous match for little cheeky clap which is by the way just hilarious right like Emre Belazolu I don't know if he has like a, a beep machine there next to him just to someone to bleep out all of his curses because he's just sitting there yelling and cursing non-stop uh, and doesn't get the kind of attention in that match right it was against them that's why I mentioned Emre but somehow clapping is the automatic red card or whatever it's Turkish refereeing is just a farce the whole system around it, the, the way people react to things, it's just a crazy, stupid mess of a system. But, let's uh, let's talk about this match. So now, our opposition, I guess real briefly, um, their goalkeeper was David Jensen, 30-year-old Danish keeper. Their backline, a three-man backline, has Okan Erdogan, 23-year-old German Turk, next to Mehmet Yeshil, 24-year-old Turk, next to Tunjer Duhan Aksu, 25-year-old Turk. In their midfield, it's Meli Kabasakal, 26-year-old Turk. Next to, sorry for those sirens there, Muamer Sarikaya, 24-year-old Turk. Uh, on their wings, or sort of wing backs, Ali Yashar, 27-year-old Belgian. Opposite, Ozan Berber, 30-year-old Turk. Again, apologies for the sound. Recording during the day here, so. It is what it is. Uh, up front for them, Emir Gultekin, 21-year-old Turk, and Yetmir Topali, 24-year-old uh, Kosovan. And technically, both are attacking midfielders, so they didn't really have like a classic striker or, or sorry, a classic winger, um, you know, behind their striker. I guess their wing backs, Ali Yashar and Ozan Berber, would be sort of filling in the role for them. So some, some interesting modern football from our opponents here. Um, then, of course, their striker, Ibrahim Yilmaz, 28-year-old Turk. Um, their, their coach, Osman Korkmaz. I really have to say, I respect so much this project of theirs because they're, they're, they've come up to the Super League and they've done something very rare. They've not gotten rid of the whole team that brought them here and replaced it with, like, the usual cast of you know, unsavory Turkish journeymen that are always sort of fill the ranks of, of teams that are getting newly promoted. They didn't take that lazy shortcut. They decided to, to maintain their system, keep their guys, uh, and credit to them, you know, it's it's 
it's working out so far to some extent. Like I said, they were playing well until that Konya match, and now they've actually upped it even further, and, and they're, you know, they're downright a decent team, you, 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 you would imagine. I'll talk about standings and everything after this, because it's worth noting. Um, but yeah, they're no longer a relegation side, with four teams in that relegation zone, they're not one of them. So, uh, yeah, it's working within reason. You know, it's not like they're a huge success, but anyway, let's talk about this, this match, huh? So, to start things up, the first real highlight is a goal. Uh, on a free kick to George Kevin and Kudu, kind of right out, outside of the penalty box. Supposedly, it was a indirect free kick, but that was no problem. He slams it right at the keeper low, and it just caroms off him into the goal. And I'm sure that he was aware of this fact, and he slammed it in like that. Apologies for that phone noise there, by the way. Silencing it now. Um, but yeah, I'm sure he was aware of that fact that uh, it was an indirect free kick and did that intentionally, slamming it, you know, having kicking it low so it was obscured until almost too late and all of it. So actually, you know, it looks like a fluke goal, but it may have been quite clever. Actually. Um, and so from there, from there it's, it's, a, it's a slogging match, back and forth to some extent, though mostly Besiktas. Um, kind of launching it forward with it, and, and Istanbul for kind of trying to hit us on the counter. And sure enough, in the 25th minute, from quite far beyond the penalty box, again, just an absolute, inshallah, type of shot, Emir Khan gets the ball and sends in just a ripper of a shot from distance. It kind of bangs in off the post into Ersin and into the back of the net. So it counts as an own goal for Ersin Destanolu. And uh, a little bit unfair to the guy who took that fantastic shot on the one hand. Uh, and also unfair to Ersin, who I was like, oh, that was 100% his fault. This was another howler by our keeper. Maybe he does need to hit the bench. And then you watch the highlight, and he actually did pretty well to get onto the ball to begin with, turning it onto the post. And then the carom off the post into him is just incredibly bad luck. So I'm not trying to like defend our man here, but in this case, a goal that looked 100% to be his fault. Yeah, he was maybe 25% his fault at the end. A lot of bad luck on it. And he actually did pretty well to get down to it in the first place, so unfortunate. Whatever. 37th minute, however, the next highlight, I mean, actually, Joseph would get a yellow card in the 30th minute, but so in the 37th minute, and officially the 39th, this is when, when this would get counted. A lovely, uh, oh, actually, no, I see why. Okay, so, no, in the 37th minute, uh, Jedson would get the ball and cleverly put it into Veghorst's path for a one-on-one. -on -one. Like Weghorst, finally in a one-on-one -on -one situation where he can score, and his shot is saved. It's kind of a poor effort low, but it would be made up for. Literally a minute later, this is my confusion. In the 38th minute, and officially 39, uh, Masuaku, just some fantastic, fancy feet, dribbling a number of guys in our position, and then finally running up with a, a neat pass to Jedson, who's running into space in the box. I think a lot of people expect Jetson to be selfish and try to, try to take a shot from an angle here. Instead, he does incredibly well, incredibly intelligent to cue it towards the middle of the pitch. And a little lofty, loopy ball into the path of Veghorst, who there's nothing he can do except slam it in the back of the net, to be honest. 
Sure enough. We're back in the lead. One to two. Not bad. Uh, and I mean, we looked good for it too. That's the important part. Um, 41st minute. Again, lovely dribbling from Masuaku, ending in a poor shot from him. Right at the keeper. To be fair, he probably needed support, which wasn't really there. Uh, and then finally, right before the half, their guy Topali would send in a lovely ball into the path of their striker Yilmaz, who would turn on it well, but cue it just wide. And I think Erickson was there for the save in this case, so it wouldn't have been a, a goal either way, but still a decent buildup from them in a half that was for the most part dominated by Besiktas. Um, as, as things stood here, it was uh, four key highlights to Besiktas to two for them, two goals to one. And uh, yeah, that would just about cover. They'd actually make a sub right before the half. Adi Mehremic coming on for Mehmet Yesil and Meli Kabasakal, Kabasakal getting uh, a yellow card as well right before the half in extra time. At the half, Nathan Redmond would come on for Georges Kevin Nkudu. So, um, you know, I think keeping Nkudu fresh, make sure he's not injured adding a certain dynamism to our attack with the ability to hold the ball a little bit more. Nathan Raymond provides that. Cool, whatever. Uh, 51st minute, Wellington comes on for Tayyip Sanuj because he's injured. It looks like he got smacked in the eye or something. I hope he's okay. Um, and because we bring Wellington on for Tayyip Kalha, uh, we have to bring another Turk on to compensate for the plus three rule. So Typhoor Bingo comes on and Valentin Rosier off. So Typhoor put into his natural position as a right back. Questionable, I would say. Um, you'd think, like for me personally, I would put Emre Can out there, Uzunhan, because this is his former side. Give him the chance to impress. I think these are the games that guys can be the most motivated for. And then you don't have to worry about the Typhoon or Valentin Rosier thing. Valentin Rosier was pissed off. I'm sure in the end someone explained like, hey, it's because we needed a Turk out there and whatever. But uh, he was pissed not to be able to play out the match. 52nd minute right after, Joseph with a fantastic ball into the path of Sally Uchan, who would make a nice turn on it, uh, but then send the ball just wide from using his left foot from sort of just the edge of the box. Lovely effort though. And again, it looks like we're more likely to make it three to one than they are to equalize. But from there, there's like a lull. Uh, they bring on some subs, Karan, Bais for Ozan, Berber, Raymond, Ousu for Jetmir, Topale. 73rd minute, free kick, Sally Uchan. I think finds Joseph with his head. It's either Joseph or Wellington, the big, seemingly Brazilian dude. Um, and it's headed into the path of Redmond, who's just beaten by a defender to it. Looked like it could have been a sure goal, actually. I'm not sure if Redmond couldn't have, you know, moved towards it more aggressively to put it in the back of the net or whatever it was. There's a possibility we could have scored there quite easily. But alas, we do not. Uh, 79th minute, Jank Tosun comes on for Jackson Muleka. Okay, whatever, right? And then, um, at this point, we're playing with like three backs, supposedly, and da 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 da. It's, 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 it's sort of irrelevant. Uh, 82nd minute, Alden Kajic comes on for Emir Gultekin for them. Sindri Guri comes on for Ibrahim Yilmaz. 
83rd minute. Um, basically, they hit us on the counter, uh, look to have a little momentum, and Wellington with a professional foul gets a yellow card, kicking dudes out, foot out from the back. I don't know that he needed to, because we actually had support in front. I think just putting pressure, weighing on the, the attacker, would have been enough, and, and it would have given time for the man who was better positioned to defend this guy uh, the chance to come up and defend. But so instead, we give a free kick sort of outside of the box. Sorry for these sirens. Um, I mean, yeah, such an unnecessary siren. Screw you guys. <laughs> um, like, you know, it's not even running. It's not like they're trying to get somewhere. They're just being annoying. Anyway. Um, so yeah, uh, free kick at the end of the box, and sure enough, Ali Yassad sends in uh, a pretty lovely shot over the wall. Ederson doesn't even go for it. I think he was duped. I think it curves to the right, so he, he takes a step the wrong way, and then doesn't even go for it. Top of the corner, over the wall, it's equalized. You almost expected it at this point, just because of how bad our luck is. It's like the, the typical type of goal we'd, we'd allow at this point in the season. Uh, and so there it is, 88th minute uh, on a corner kick, it would uh, be defended, drop out to, to Typhoid Bingo, who would send in a fantastic volley into the top left corner, which is just amazingly saved by Jensen, their keeper. And so, at this point, it's like we're doomed. You know, If that's not a goal, nothing's going to be a goal. Uh, 88th minute on, a, on, a, on the preceding corner. Um, it drops to Wellington's head. He skies it over. He really like got up in the air. It was like him in the ball, basically. And he directed it over. Like he could easily have just headed it down. So poor head from Wellington. Third minute of extra time. Nathan Redmond gets a yellow card. But that would be it for this match. Two to two, a draw against newly promoted Istanbul Sport. And yeah, nobody's thrilled with that result, right? Like. There's almost no excuse for it. It was a fluke. Goals, you know, the two two opportunities, two goals for them. And not even real opportunities, you know, but... Uh, it still feels bad, because, like, there's no way for us to have lost a match like this. Like, even though we were terrible, we were still better than them. To underscore it, I mean, although the XG was 0.95 in our favor to their 0.66, so like, just barely. And although we both had eight shots and 50% of the ball, we had five on target to their two. They had two shots on target and two goals. <laughs> it's just the same every week at this point. Um, they had zero big chances, right? Their goals were flukes. We had two, we missed one. I can't even imagine which one they've deemed. Maybe it's the one where Veghorst's shot was saved on the one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, we complete 317 passes at an 80% rate to their 287 at a 73% rate. We commit 18 fouls to their 14, which is garbage. Terrible refing, as usual. We're called offside four times to their one. We get five corners to their three. So, like, we're in the more dangerous positions. We're more threatening, no doubt, this whole match. Even despite the sort of unflattering statistics. But... Still just can't get it done. Can't get it done. This is a disappointing draw, no doubt. Lost two points, not gained a point here. 
Let's talk about some statisticos, right? Some individual stats. The highest rated player, Ali Yassar, who, of course, had a goal, created a chance as well. Uh, Vout Veghorst was the next highest rated. He also had a goal. Muamer Sarikaya next. Jetson Fernandez after that. Arthur Masuaku. Roman Saiz. Sally Uchan. Okan Erdogan, <coughs> their central defender. That's it. Only eight players rated above a seven. So from an individual performance perspective, also a poor match. Although Besiktas seemed to have the better individual performers also. With five guys in that top eight to their three. <clears throat> and the next up, 6.97, just under our requisite 7.0 rating, was George Cavant and Kudu, who scored, so that's surprising. But I guess he only played a half, and these stats are accumulative, right? So um, that would that would explain why, even though he scored, he didn't have the greatest rating. But so, you know, six out of the top nine players, Besiktas, so our players had better performances individually. We had slightly better stats. But, I mean, the, the main thing is just, once again, they didn't really create a chance. I think the closest they got to creating a chance was uh, the the turn at the end of the half by their striker, um, Ibrahim Yilmaz, which he shot wide. And, I, again, I think Erson was there to save it anyway. So, yeah, I mean, the stats tell the same story. This is an unflattering draw. We should have won. And so, I don't think there's anything left to say. Um, a really disappointing result, no doubt. We should have absolutely done better. And I think we could have, right? Like, I mean, we not only should have, like, theoretically, but even just based on what we saw on the pitch. So nobody can be too happy with what, what end, ended up being unnecessary giveaway of points a draw <clears throat> um let's talk standings right first place adana demir who beat antalya nil to three on the road is now in first place tied on points with galatasaray who beat konya two to one a little iffy but whatever uh, making them tie with adana demir for 16 points but in second based on goal differential Third place is uh, our bunch, Istanbul Bashakshi here. Us and Konya each have 14 points. Of course, Bashakshi is in third, the plus nine goal differential. We are in fourth with the plus six goal differential. And Konya is in fifth with the plus six goal differential. But we have more goals scored, I guess, is why we're ahead of them. Uh, we've allowed 10 goals to be scored already this season, which is not like leading the league or anything, but compared to the other guys, near the top of the table with the exception of Adana Demirspor, it's pretty pathetic. And again, considering we've only allowed two two chances, two shots on target per match, that's especially fishy, but whatever. Uh, still, you know, fourth place right now, two points out of first place, not bad at all. Four wins, two draws, and a loss. It's all quite good in the big picture, although obviously you'd like to have seen some results go differently. Especially the Alanya one, for example. Certainly the Basakshir one. And most certainly this Istanbul Sport one. Like I've already mentioned, next up is Fener. We're hosting them. The game is scheduled now to be at 1 p.m. here in New York City. Check your local listing on Sunday, October 2nd. So we have a week off and then we're right back at it. Um, so yeah, stay tuned for that, of course. That should be thrilling. Maybe I'll get a special guest on for the, uh, for the derby. 
analysis there, but yeah, um, good luck to the national team, right? Uh, hopefully they do well during this break, uh, and good luck to us on training. I'm quite happy to announce Rashid Ghazal and Dele Ali coming back. Uh, and until then, you know where we'll be, just chilling out, watching football and the like, maybe some basketball. Nick coming back soon. I'm actually going to the garden to see the first preseason match of the year, so I'm excited. Anyway, that's all there is for this week. Nothing to report except for just the slappy draw against Istanbul Spore. And, uh, you know, fourth place in the standings, two points out of first. Not bad. Not bad at all. So, follow us on Twitter, at Eagles underscore podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Black Eagles podcast, one word. Follow myself at Sir underscore rights underscore a lot. Um, and, uh, yeah, Let's go, Magic Talk! Peace out, Besiktas International hopes you enjoyed this program.